0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every day, about 13 minutes, but it gets us into God's Word, and that's important for our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So it keeps us in touch in our relationship with God, keeps us focused on their spiritual lives, and thereby helps us to have a better mindset to be able to deal with life every day and that can be challenging. You know people in your life who need to turn their thinking and their focus in life around. They need to start thinking about their relationship with God and about their soul salvation. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But share with your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, your friends, with everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment, make up your mind, start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of study and thought, talking about how the gospel can change a person. As I said early on in this particular series, I was rather, well, shocked, I guess, would be the, good, the right word, a number of years ago when I began to understand that a whole lot of people who call themselves Christians really don't know what the gospel is. If you ask them, what is the gospel? You might hear some stammering and stuttering, or maybe just silence, and a look of confusion on their face. The gospel... If we're claimed to be a Christian, we ought to know what the gospel is. So we noted in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and about the first five or six verses, the Apostle Paul lays out in a very succinct way what the gospel is. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, why did Jesus die on that cross? Why was he buried in that tomb? Why did he arise from that tomb, that grave, alive? Because he went to that cross Under the direction of god the father his god our creator our heavenly father He went to that cross as our savior to pay the price through his physical life the shedding of his physical blood On that cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins There was no way that we could be forgiven in and of ourselves and by ourselves by our own authority and power God took matters into his own hands and he sent his son who came to this earth in human form to die on that cross. He was buried in that tomb, stating, you know, in uh, in that particular action, demonstrating that he truly was dead. That Roman soldier really did pierce that spear into his side just to make sure he was really dead. He had already died on that cross before that. He arose from that grave on the third day, triumphant over death. God raised him up, and he appeared risen, alive, physically, before hundreds and hundreds of individuals over the next 40 days or so. And then he ascended back to heaven. Now, when he ascended back to heaven, he told the apostles to go into all the world and preach the gospel the good news of he being the Savior of all mankind and having died on that cross, buried in that tomb, and then arisen, resurrected from the grave, alive, triumphant over death to everybody everywhere. Mark 16, verse 15 and 16. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. So the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 1 and verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So the gospel is God's message of redemption, forgiveness, and salvation for all mankind in every generation until the Lord comes again on that final day of judgment. Well, the gospel The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the purpose behind his dying on that cross, we needed forgiveness. We needed the opportunity to be forgiven the way that we could be forgiven so that we could look forward to an eternal home in heaven with God. God sent his son to give us that opportunity, that way, that message of salvation, and that is the gospel it's the best news that has ever been delivered to mankind. And that's exactly what the word gospel means, good news. Now, the apostle Paul wrote about the life-changing effects of the gospel. And as we noted as we closed last time, he was uniquely qualified to write about the power of the gospel to change lives. Because you see, the gospel changed him from being a disbeliever in Christ to becoming a believer. The gospel changed him from being a violent persecutor of the church that Jesus established on this earth to becoming not only a part of that church, but a champion of that church. And as a missionary, gospel preacher, and apostle, he helped establish numerous congregations in the known world at that time. Now, let's begin to note the changes and we could probably say these are just some of them that we could see as being obvious that were made in paul's life due to his encounter with the gospel now of course all of this study is focused on helping you and people you know and some people maybe you haven't met yet but you'll have the opportunity to come into contact with who need to become christians who need the gospel help us know that our lives can change. As bad as we think we are, as irredeemable as we might think we, we have become, the gospel can change lives. It can give us hope, but not just a wish. It can give us the promise of eternal life with God in heaven. In Acts chapter 9, we read one of the accounts of the conversion of the apostle Paul from being a disbeliever to becoming a Christian and also a gospel preacher and a divinely appointed apostle of Jesus Christ. Beginning with verse 1, we read verses 1 and 2 to begin with. We find Paul as he was formerly known by his name Saul. Saul, Saul of Tarsus, born in Tarsus. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, in other words, any who were Christians, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Saul was a fervent Jew. And he believed that Jesus was a blasphemer and that Christianity was anti-God and Saul set about to quash belief in Jesus as the Savior and God's Son and our Lord and also to stamp out the church from the face of this earth. And so he literally hunted down Christian Jews And brought them back to Jerusalem to stand trial. In another text, he talked about how he compelled them to blaspheme the name of Christ, and at times even voted for their execution. Well, he was a violent enemy of the church, of Christianity and he in this particular context of scripture he was on his way to a city called damascus to hunt down some more jewish christians take them into custody bind them bring them back to jerusalem to stand trial for their having become christians well what happened on the way he left jerusalem with authority from the high priest to hunt these christians down to take them into custody He left Jerusalem a man who brought about suffering to believers in the gospel. And he did cause great suffering for many Christians. But when we read a little further, verses 3 through 8, he arrived in Damascus a suffering man himself for not having believed the gospel. Beginning with verse 3, As he journeyed he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, that is Saul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. In other words, he was blind, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Well, Saul left Jerusalem a man who brought suffering to believers in the gospel. He entered Damascus a suffering man. He was blind after his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Sometimes difficulties motivate a person to open their eyes to the truth. When we look at Psalm 119 and verse 71 we read this from that great Psalm Psalm 119 verse 71 it is good for me that I have been afflicted that I may learn your statutes sometimes adversity is what really turns our life around helps us to open our eyes and see that we need to change Saul. (laughs) Adversity? He was heading to Damascus, a man intent on hunting down Christians and persecuting them. He arrived in Damascus, a man who was suffering from blindness. In Hebrews chapter 12, we begin reading with verse 6. The Hebrews writer wrote this, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, you have had, we, have, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits? that is God, and live? For they indeed chastened us for a few days, as seemed best to them, but he, that is God, for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Well, we respect our physical fathers, don't we? On this earth. And they chasten us. They correct us. They discipline us in various ways. At least they should do that. Unfortunately, we have a lot of fathers now who have abdicated their responsibility as fathers. But we're talking about generally speaking. God chastens us at times. God chastened Saul of Tarsus and got his attention and helped him come to the point where he understood that he needed to change his life. Oh, yes. Saul left Jerusalem, a man who brought suffering to believers in the gospel. He arrived in Damascus blind, a suffering man for not having believed himself in the gospel. We'll look further next time how Saul changed. Let's pray. Father, help us to realize that we can change and we need to change so that we can follow you in faithful obedience consistently. Help people see all over the world that they can make this transformation in their lives through your power, through the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please, Father, forgive us of our sins. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.